You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben Amin, Tatiana King-Jones, and Jeff J. Our show is edited and produced by DJ Ben Amin, and For All Nerds Show is a member of the Loudspeakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack. For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website, are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash for all nerds. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the For All Nerds Show. The voice of the urban geek. As always, you know what it is. It's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. Halal Jordan, a.k.a. Arsenio Holodeck, a.k.a. Benny and the Jetsons, a.k.a. Chris Radnorock. Bid D. Grayson Energy, Black Black Goliath, YOLO Baggins here in the spaceship tonight. Normally, right now, I would say I'm always joined by, but the queen of the spaceship, Tatiana King, is not here tonight, but we do have. It's your friend, Jeff J., a.k.a. Miles Morassets, Kill Bill Monger, Seven of Nine Nine Problems, Brainiac, Five racks, Neil Deadass Tyson. I am Inuyasha Fierce, the king in the North Face, and Faxa Destroyer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The king in the North Face. How you doing this week? How are you feeling out there? Everyone feeling good? We good, bro. We good. Uh, shoot, we need to talk to that for all nerds bank account with these Patreon people. Man. I mean, like, let's it's, not it's... get too far ahead of ourselves. You know, <laughs> it's no. I mean, don't get it twisted. You want to talk about energy. You know, I mean, yeah, (laughs) let's keep that same energy on. Let's keep the facts to Destroyer. Because as you know, facts are that it is not there just yet. But, oh my God, thank you to everyone out there. I mean, sincere thanks. All the patrons got their video. They saw, you know, the behind the scenes extras already. All the benefits are on the way. You know, we, we talked about it in the video. Let you know when you'll be getting your good stuff. Thank you to everybody who's sending their shirt sizes for those in the circle of trust, as they say, as we say. You know, it's lovely right, right now. Yeah, man. And and as always, we've, like we told you before, our Patreon members, we're getting exclusive content. That video we're not putting out. That's exclusively for the Patreon listeners and, and the followers and the supporters and whatever you want to call them. They on Patreon, they get an exclusive stuff. So if you want to get exclusive stuff, go to patreon.com slash for all nerds. Sign up. We have all tiers. We have one dollar, two dollar, five dollar, ten dollar. Cent, five cent, ten cent dollar. <laughs> Anything. We got all of them. We got all of them. And we do have the five rack option. Yes. It is there. It's not fake. You will be paying $5,000 a month if you <laughs> sign up for that option. Don't get it twisted. And we collect quick. So if you are so uh, generous to, to provide that, you will be getting a plethora 
of things from us. But seriously, man, thank y'all so much for supporting. It, every time I look and I see a new supporter, I'm like, damn, yo, we're, we're really out here. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it, it, it shows the impact that we have and the actual support that you guys are giving us so that we can keep things going, do big things like New York Comic Con, other places, and, and really put out quality content for you. Mm-hmm. And speaking of New York Comic Con, by the time you hear this, it will be one week away. I can't believe it. It's been a year since last year, New York Comic Con. Last year was crazy. Thank you. I see a lot of people using the fan fam, and I like that. I like that a lot. So thank you to all the fan fam, the For All Nerds fam. Thank you to everyone who supports us. Make sure you're subscribed to that YouTube because you know the YouTube is where we'll be dropping all kinds of content during New York Comic Con. I really hate the word content. That's like up there with problematic as words that I hate the most. <laughs> content? Like, yeah, content and problematic are up there in like the top two words I hate Creative. the most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> content. Just look at all this content we're creating. Like, come yeah, on. But anyway, digital goodness. Yeah, digital goodness, greatness, <laughs> all that good stuff. You know, that's what we bring over here on the For All Nerds show. New York Comic Con is going to be crazy. We got all kind of interviews lined up. But the real thing we want to do this year is connect with all the fan fam in the streets of the con. Look for us. We're going to be wearing the new shirts that you can get on tpublic.com slash for all nerds. Make sure you go get the new logo on any color shirt you want. It's buttery. It's crisp. We'll be giving some of those away at the con, plus all kind of other good stuff. Uh, We're doing this is what we have to talk about. We are doing the great day in cosplay. Basically, if you know the history of the Great Day in Harlem, it's when they got all the jazz players together and all the great musicians of the era and came together in Harlem and took a photo. And then they did it again for XXL. Um, who's the people who just did it recently with all the black writers and executives and producers in Hollywood? Strong black lead. Yep, yep. Strong black lead. Shout out to them. Shout out to Tatiana again. And they did that. So we're going to do the Great Day in Cosplay. At New York City Comic Con, basically, we want to take a picture with all the people of color cosplayers. Yeah, it's going to be dope. And last year, Fan Bros, formerly known as yes. FKA, FKA Fan Bros, yep. w- we got people together. We were in that big courtyard or the, the parking lot, whatever that is in front of the Javits Center, the, the, mm-hmm. the lot. I don't know what that is. Like, where they be... <laughs> where in any superhero show when the shady people are bringing in <laughs> hot products, <laughs> they, they go into that lot. That's what the lot looked like. But we were out there. We were catching all the dope cosplay out there, interviewing people. And we're just going to be doing more of the same on a higher level. We want to get everybody together, show what this people of color cosplay is about. Um, allies, you are invited too. Show off, do your thing. Like this is this is uh this is open. We're gonna be highlighting the fans of New York Comic Con, and I, that's something that I'm excited for because I don't know about you, Ben. I mean, but I like to touch the people. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to be out there among the fans, among the people who support us. The interviews are cool. The celebs are cool. The artists are cool. The creators are cool. But the fans are the best because they're the ones who give us the real, give us on-time and real-time feedback and and who actually support. So we want to make sure that we connect with you so that you know who we are and that we're not just digitized holograms that talk <laughs> and create a podcast. We're real people and we love y'all. So it, I'm, that's what I'm most excited about. No, easily. I say that every year because... Like, uh, you know, the interviews, all that, that stuff is cool. And that's for more to people watching because then they get to see it. 
I mean, it's dope sometimes I get to meet people who I'm super fans of and just, you know, blows my mind that we're sitting there talking to them. But what really blows my mind, and this is straight up and down, every time when I'm just walking through the con and someone's like, yo, Ben, I mean, yo, I'm a big fan. And I'm just bugging like a few. I think this was last year even. I was doing a brat segment and I'm interviewing these cosplayers and they were ill. Like it was uh, some brothers and they were a uh, Cobra commander. I think Destro and a Viper uh, member from Cobra. Oh, that's fire. Fire, y'all. I mean, with the sick costumes, right? So I'm setting up the bike to interview them. And we're like, they're like, yo, Ben, I mean, man, we're big fans. And it's like Cobra Commander with the mirror mask, so I can't see his <laughs> face at all. You know, and it's just like Cobra Commander standing there telling me that he's big fans of the fan bros, formerly known as now for our nerd show. So make sure y'all see us. You know, our pictures, our faces, our videos, all over the internet. So you know what we look like. When you see us, say what up, please. Don't be one of those people who's like tweeting five minutes later, like, yo, I just saw Ben Amin, I just saw Jeff J, I saw Tatiana, but I was too, you know, shook to talk. F that, yo, walk up and talk to us, for real. Yeah, I don't be scared. Love the Cobra it. Commander, the Cobra Commander screen retreat. <laughs> after you took the, after you did the segment. I think I made that, him do it. I think five. I made him do it. I was, I was, I was <laughs> making him do all the lines. Yeah, all yo, those classics. If it's one thing I will say. Yeah, say what you want about Cobra Commander, but he knew how to assess the situation and get the hell out of there. Like, yo, I will live to fight. We're going to get you one of these times, but we're going to fight another day. I'm out. Out. Y'all can mess around with the Joes if you want. I'm out. I want to say that Cobra Commander, the voice of him is the same voice that did the Starscream, and both of them knew how to assess the situation. I believe it. Yeah, both of them were like... They're like the same character, essentially. Yeah, deuces. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, like, Destro is like Soundwave. Well, we can make all kind of correlations here all right. day. Yo, did you see that Bumblebee trailer, though? Speaking of that. I haven't seen it yet. It, I, I've heard it's good, but you know what? Fool me once, fool me yeah. twice, fool, fool me, me thrice fool, with Transformers. I mean, it's like five times right now. Right. Right. I, I know I'm probably going to see it because of John Cena. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> straight up and down. John, he's John, he's John so Cena. good. He's, I, I just want to see him do stuff, but I know what I'm getting into. So, I, you know. No, Cut no. all the trailers you want. You're not going to get me with the hyped up marketing and you get my dollars. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, second week it tanks, but we got their money first week. So let's keep the party going. Mm, well, they definitely have the G1 look in it. It looks dope. I love John Cena. I talked about this on the show before. That, that movie, uh, Cop Blockers, is mm-hmm. so much better than anyone would expect. And he's so good in it. So I'm definitely hyped for that. Ooh, though. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, I feel you. It's like fool me once, fool me twice. I watched Jurassic World, whatever that joint is called, the other day. The, the, the second one? Yeah, the second one with Chris Pratt. And, oh, my God, that's one of the worst movies like I've ever seen. That That is like, you want to talk about a movie that just insults its audience. That is it right there. Jeez. Oof, yeah, that was bad. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, I'm just sorry. That, that, <laughs> I heard. That's bad. Like, that, that's disrespectful to the franchise, everything. They got mm. to get it together because they made a billion dollars. So right. I know they're going to do a third one. So please, y'all, please step it up. Because I really liked the first one. The first one was cool. So I watched this one, and it was like, what happened? Big yikes. Yeah, big <laughs> yikes. And speaking of yikes, yo. <laughs> wow. Uh, we, we, you're wondering where I'm going to go next right now, right, Jeff? Because any, Take of, these a next, wild guess. <laughs> any of these topics could be yikes. Any of these topics could be yikes right here. But I'm going to go to one that's that hurts. Mm. Well, all these hurt, but Telltale, mm. the major, well, I mean, not major, but a bit studio, you know, everyone out there knows them. They did the Walking Dead games. They did 
every game that's a story game where you're talking. They got the Batman game where you make your choices and move around. The Game of Thrones joint I really liked. Uh, they went down and down hard. Yeah, man. Yeah. If, if you haven't heard, they they laid off. It's basically a, a company-wide shutdown. They laid off 200 employees. Mm. Uh, the day of, told them that they were done. They're not getting any severance. Their insurance runs out at the end of the month. They were escorted off of the premises within 30 minutes. All Everybody, except for like a skeleton crew of 25 people who is probably going to finish whatever this Minecraft game that they have going out. Now, if, if you think it sounds familiar, it's because earlier this year, they did a 25% uh, downsizing. Actually, almost a year to the date. Mm. Um, you know, and it, it's your anniversary, right? And, and and it's just, yo, getting laid off sucks. Though. Yes. First off, let me say that getting laid <laughs> off is sucks. the worst. I couldn't imagine getting laid off without severance. I can't. I, I just I, happened. Oh well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but it's 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 crazy, and and it's it's just another example of being loyal to you your career and not your place of employment at times because things like this can happen especially when you have incompetent leadership because these guys trust me when i say when it when you when you talk about the finances when you talk about shareholders and things like that you you know when something like this is coming and what i find that's messed up is a couple of things one their health insurance ends at the end of the month. Mm. If they would have um, cut them or laid them off on October 1st, they would have had 20, 30 more days of health insurance because mm. it, it, it'll go past the month yep. depending on your provider um, if you have it through your employer. It'll, they'll clear at the end of the month. So they lose that. They don't get any severance. According to reports, uh, these developers and everybody associated were putting in 60, 70 hour weeks, weekends were expected. They had one game and once they churned it out, they would have to go right to the next game. So it's not as if they have the luxury or some of them have the luxury to chill for a little bit. They got to find another job. Yeah, that is so trifling. Like I saw this one report about a dude who was up till like three in the morning the night before, had no idea, went into work that morning. And like you said, you got to bounce in 30 minutes. Right. Like they were working themselves to the bone. And like you said, it's one of these things where you can't do that, where you even this week, yo, I've been realizing so much about how stress really affects you and affects your ability to work. And when you're putting yourself under that stress for someone else that, you know, obviously has no loyalty to you, it's no good. But it's like we live in this capitalist society where sometimes you're forced into these positions where you have to work at a company like that that doesn't have any regard for you. So mm -hmm. I just feel terrible for everyone out there because I really enjoyed those games. And to most people, like you said, a lot of people, you know, might stay up on the news and everything. But most people, people thought they were doing well because they kept pumping out games and they were buying license after license. And they were announcing all these other games that are coming out. Right. So it's just like a really sad situation here because I didn't think their games were the best, but I really enjoyed the ones that I did. That Game of Thrones joint was dope, yo. That was a really dope joint. Yeah, I I like I like their series. I really like The Walking Dead. That was the one that brought me the mm -hmm. Telltale games. Yep. And the crazy thing about that is the final season started, mm. and 
I think they usually it's five or six episodes, right? Yeah. They're going to release episode two, and that's it. Oh. They're not even going to release the rest of the series. What? Because the um, the actress who plays Clementine, oh. uh, Melissa Hutchinson. Yep. She she had penned like a, a farewell to oh. the fans, and she basically said, "To my knowledge, they will release episode two, and then that'll be it." And she also said, I've met and made some of the very best friends that I will have in this life, and that is priceless. So she, even they know, after, imagine, because that series, you see Clementine go Hell through a yeah. lot of stuff, and you don't even get the closure. Even if it was going to be whack, in that type of game, the, it was the final season. Yeah. You're not even going to get, think of the developers that worked on it, the voice <sighs> actors, everybody. That's not even coming out. Not to mention Wolf Amongst Us, the second season, Things like that that they had planned. I think they had another um, Game of Thrones yeah, of course. thing planned. They they had they had stuff in the pipeline, and it's it's all gone to shit, man. That is ridiculous, man. Especially that part because I didn't finish it, but I know I played the first one, and those that was one of the best stories told in the Walking Dead universe so far. So that sucks that they didn't yeah, get man. to finish it for real. That is man. There's but, also calls for the video game industry to start unionizing. Mm. For stuff like that, and I, you know, I can see why. Like you, you, you get overworked, underappreciated, and like demanded to get all these games out, and then in a blink of an eye, you're gone. It's crazy, dog. It's crazy, and it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like when I saw the news, I saw people on my timeline like, "Yo, Telltale's closing down," and I was like, "Say word." Yeah. They said no. word, dog. They said word. Word, <laughs> word for real. But I've definitely seen a lot of other game companies reaching out to the Telltale employees, so that's dope to see already. Unionizing would be a great idea. I know as a DJ, that's something that you know we wish we really had. More DJs always wish there was a you know bigger union for everyone, because it's a tough business like that when you're working for pay and people will just treat you however they want to treat you. So shout out to everyone out there affected by this. Hope you all pull through. Keep your head up. And, you know, we got to take a quick break right here, but we have an incredible interview. You didn't hear Tatiana right now, but she is back for this interview. We got Malcolm D. Lee returning to the spaceship. This is like his third trip. He's got the new movie coming out, Night School. So, you know, it's going to be lit. Keep it tuned. Hey, this is Pamela Ribbon, and when I'm not writing things like My Boyfriend is a Bear or Ralph Breaks the Internet, I am listening to For All the Hearts. family tonight we welcome back a returning guest making his third appearance on the spaceship a man of distinction when you mention his name you might as well mention hit movies because he is the director of classics such as undercover brother the best man series girl trip and the soon-to-be hit film night school let's all welcome malcolm d lee to the spaceship what up and well, from your mouth All to God's right. ears on that one, <laughs> the, the school's going to be a hit. We, we, thank you for the good vibes. We appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we appreciate you because I was telling Ben, I mean, before how I really appreciate how much respect you've given us over the years and then how, like, you've 
almost in a mentorship type way, you've definitely given us the time of day and made sure that you were always available to speak to us and talk to us about your journey as a filmmaker. You guys are the only ones that want to talk to me these days. You know, really? You know, I'm, so I'm good. Yeah, it's good. Like I, I, I want to feel wanted. It's, it's very good for me. Do you think we only care about you? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Nah. That's, no. that's the, only, the only respect I get. It can't be. From, no. the, from the spaceship. Well, I mean, we think people from should. Fan bros. You know, we're for all nerds now. That's right. I didn't prep you on that. So our name changed. What? Yes. What are y'all now? We are for all nerds. For so, all nerds. Yes, yeah, an acronym spells fan. Um, something that we've been saying for years, actually, in our intro song. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so love it. Wanted to be more inclusive. Wanted to, you know, make the well, brand you're, a little you're, bit open. You're not including the, other nerds. I mean, uh, uh, you know, people who are not nerds. Oh, uh, they'll get it. They'll find. They're fine. We don't. They don't. They, they, they got. They got other avenues. Okay. They got other avenues. Cool. But you know, this is the Geek and Pop Culture podcast. Hey, listen. Let's do it for all nerds, all types of nerds. So that being said, like I said, you have given us a lot of respect. We respect you as a filmmaker, but we also respect you as a person because you've been in this industry for a minute. Like you were the teenager when you started this. Yeah, I mean, you know, professionally, I've been working. Next year will be twenty years. Working professionally in the business, you know, I, 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 you know, I mean, making making movies um, for the for the theater. Um, yeah, I, I started as when I was seventeen, working for my cousin, and um, you know, various uh, positions, working for him. But yeah, um, I've learned uh, a lot of different things and come up through the ranks uh, before I got to make my. You know, feature debut, and then you know, the learning, and, and on a, been on a journey ever since. Right, right. What would you say would be the the most, the biggest thing that's changed between now and then, in the industry? You know, I think that you know, there's a lot of things that have changed. I mean, I feel like there a lot of things are are are, are the same. In terms in terms of things have changed. I, I don't know. Like this, there seems to be a a a little bit more crossover for. Things that are, you know, produced, directed, starring African American um, uh, filmmakers and, and artists. So I think there's, you know, it was a huge shift, you know, with, you know, Get Out, which I, you know, was not strictly a black movie, but you know, was mm -hmm. a, was was certainly a black ass movie. Certainly about okay. the black American experience. Yes, yes. yeah, um, you know, uh, in, in the horror genre, you know, my movie, Girls Trip. Um, and certainly Black Panther, you know, mm -hmm. which is a Marvel movie. And so you're, you're going to get people, you know, comic book fans for that. So, yeah, but it was just like the biggest, one of the biggest Marvel movies ever, you know. Right. And that's the third highest grossing film ever. So, I mean, you, you, there's, 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 more, there's a few more opportunities. I think that the entry into the business, still difficult, but in, in, in some ways, you know, easier, some ways harder because, you know, now the big thing was like, okay, you, you need to write a script and make a short that's impactful, right? Mm -hmm. And back in the day, it was hard to get equipment, you know, you know, film equipment. Now people can make movies on their smartphone right? Um, and make them a, a good product. But now everybody can do that. And everybody has all these avenues to show their movie. And so mm -hmm. it, it, the, 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 it's, it becomes a kind of diluted pool. Yes. And it takes a, a lot more to get um, noticed. Um, and, you know, and, but there's also so many more venues to watch uh, content, you know, like, exactly. uh, you, know, all, you know, with YouTube or um, Netflix or um, you know, other streaming services, cable, television has, 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 has broadened it. 
movies have shrunk a little bit, but you know, there's still you know over three to four hundred movies being produced and put out a year. Yeah. So yeah. you know it, it's slowing down in some ways, but it's 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 increasing in others. Right. You're not slowing down, actually. I, I feel like you're, you're you're having projects on top of projects. I was checking you out, and I saw that you have a few things in the works right now. Um, I know you what work. you see. And well, who's you, your source? Well, my source is the internet, but... <laughs> Can't go wrong with the internet. Can't go wrong with the internet. never lies, The right? internet never lies. <laughs> but, I mean, you... And, and, and I know this is still early, but I know you're doing um, an Uptown Saturday Night remake? We we hope. You, you know, hope. Um, we're working, You and Kenya? Well, Ke- yeah, Kenya wrote the script. Uh, uh, Kevin Hart um, is uh, producing and starring. Uh, you know, the, the script's going to be rewritten, and we're going to work on, you know, getting that where it needs to go. Uh, it's a it's a movie that I saw in a movie theater when I was a kid, like when I was like probably four years old. I, but I remember seeing it in a movie theater, um, and you know over the years I've revisited it a couple of times, and you know it always makes me laugh. It's, it's a great combination. The movie itself, um, and I think the the group of movies that that, that were with it, both um, uh, meaning uh, you know uh, a town Saturday Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do it again. A piece of the action is the the, the you know uh, Cosby and 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 uh, Portier, Portier yeah. um, you know that combo and like you know they were playing different characters in each of those movies, but like as a whole, I think you remember that that combination and 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 the, the chemistry that they had, and then like that those movies were always peppered with other great cameos and, and co-stars. Mm. Um, so you know we if you're gonna make that movie, there's an expectation for it. You know you, you, that you're going to have the same level of Stars and the same level of, of like okay you know this you got to make it feel, feel like an event mm. so you know that's not easy to do you know right. um, everybody's busy everybody like like black people behind and in front of the camera are in such demand right now so how do you put this movie together in the time slot that you know we all wanted to, to go right so right. it becomes a difficult pros- prospect so but that's one of the things that you know we're working towards. And I'm develop, you know, developing a number of things. Like one, one of them is an action adventure Christmas story called Rock the Bells. That's over at Fox. I've got um, a Terry nice. McMillan uh, adaptation that I'm working on with Viola Davis. Nice. Um, you know, we're, we're, we haven't announced a, you know a couple other um, projects that we're putting in the works. Um, that I'm, that they're, they're all um, either emerging or new writers, and um, coincidentally. Uh, Predominantly female, black female. Thank you. So um, I'm very proud and and and, and uh, happy about that because uh, I, I want I want to produce more now. I want to direct you know bigger projects. Um, you know, not on the level of like Jurassic Park or Why not? Fast and Furious. That's just not really my thing. I don't I don't know that I would you know could bring anything to the table mm-hmm. on that. That another filmmaker who is like visual and has the 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 foresight to imagine gigantic dinosaurs and car chases okay. and all like I'm like I'm good just on the ground. You're about the story. You're more about the family and the story and the interaction of the characters. I, primarily, but I'm I'm expanding that as well. You know, like uh-huh. I'm I'm developing a musical. Um, what about uh, this musical? I cannot tell you what it is, but it's when when we get it together, it's going to be huge. It's go and people are going to drop their jaws, is not their jaws, on... their jaws. It's gonna focus <laughs> on their no. They're gonna no. It's, 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 it's because no, no, no. Because it's it's gonna be epic and it's gonna be um, beautiful and it's gonna be about love um, and um, it's it, it it's it's featuring music from a, from one of the, one of our most you know um, enduring artists. So that's all I will say. 
So it has you to be black people. Me? So there's black people involved. Lots of black people. Involved. Lots of black people involved. Absolutely, and they'll 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 you know any, anybody that that's that's like a, you know a lover of this artist's music is probably going to be involved as well because it's 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 going to be on that scale and it's like I, I cannot wait to finally crack the store, which you know been figuring out for a while. Mm-hmm. So, so so wait, um, a stage musical or or a film musical? No, no, mu- uh, f- uh, film, film, and, and maybe it could go to the stage, but yeah. like I want to make it fun, like like like. I wasn't a huge fan of musicals, like you know, like I mean, I loved Grease when you know back in the day, right? But like, like musicals for the most part, I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to see it. But when I until I saw Moulin Rouge, and I thought Baz Luhrmann did an amazing job with with music in that, with the visuals, with you know humor, uh, with this kind of like scope, and I was like, oh, that's what a musical can be, mm-hmm. and so. That's that's kind of the direction I'm I'm thinking. Or uh, when you're talking about this artist, is there someone who is living now, still with us, or you know, one of our maybe, maybe living, maybe not living. <laughs> you said, does he wear purple or she yeah. wear purple? Oh wait, he said he. Okay. Did yes. you say he or she wears purple? He said they. Yes. You said he. Yes. I didn't hear. I didn't hear the question. <laughs> I so someone, someone who wears purple. Oh, someone who wears purple. Yeah. Maybe they've worn purple. It's possible. Mm, okay. It's possible this person has worn purple. I know. I know your cousin and you. You know. I know. I understand. You gotta keep certain <laughs> things close to the vest until <laughs> until they are real. Until they're like happening. There's no need to like you know. Um, like speculate about it. You right? can't just yeah. because you know like then 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 like. The idea gets out there, and then like everybody wants, and then like oh, then oh, maybe maybe I'll do that kind of thing, and yeah. that, you know what I mean? And like it's it's just yeah. something I'm I'm very I'm very excited about. I've been thinking about it for a long time, and then trying to get off the ground, and it's been difficult because, but but it has to be. It has to, it can't just be just any old thing. Right. So so speaking of where these ideas come from, where did the idea of Night School come from, and and getting Kevin Hart and Tiffany involved? Now, well, Night School was Kevin Hart's idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe that he pitched the idea to Will Packer, who is the producer on many of Kevin Hart's movies. Right. Um, they've done seven movies together. And one thing that Kevin, Kevin and Will, uh, on our on our first, I'll, get, I'll answer the question in a minute. But Kevin yeah. and Will on our first um, dinner, cast dinner, like kickoff for the movie, they were like, you know, great, great collaboration with Will Packer. We've done you know amazing things, se- seven movies together. And Will's like, yeah, right, right, Kev. You know. Love working with you, da da da. This is no, I think this is number seven. So you know, Malcolm's in the new factor. So don't mess it up. Don't mess it up, Malcolm. And I was like, thanks for the vote of confidence. I got you. But basically, he pitched it to 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 uh, to Will uh, about like because he thought you know that that um, Breakfast Club was one of his favorite movies, right? And he wanted to do like what if what if it's adults in night school trying to get their D- GED, mm-hmm. and you know they. Developed it and um, put a script together, and they uh, will approach me um, with the script, and I wasn't in immediately because. Yeah, were you like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever read"? You were like, "I don't think so." <laughs> it was definitely the latter. Oh. It was definitely the latter. I well, you know, look, I, 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 I just been come come off a, a very busy 2016. Mm-hmm. And 2017 was a little bit busy too, and like you know, it was the, all of that summer had been you know kind of lost, wasn't home with my family, and I was like, I want to, I want to enjoy the rollout of Girls Trip, yes, and Mind you know, movie. and and thank you, and then and and you know, enjoy my summer with my family, but then he was like, 
hey man, you know, we might be able to do give you this amount of money and this could, you know, mean this to the studio and da 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 da. And I was like, man, I hope this script is like undeniably great or really sucks. Because if it's in the middle somewhere, <laughs> then it's going to be very difficult for me to, you know, say yes or no right away. Right. And of course, it was smack dab in the middle. And I was like, I don't really want to work this hard this summer. But, you know, things were, the stars aligned I so see. that I, it was one of those things that you, you say, okay, these things are in place and I should, you know, this, this will work out for me. Plus, you never know how a movie's going to do, right? You never know how Girl Trip is going to do before yeah. it comes. You, you feel good about it. Audiences love it. High scores and studios pushing it. You just never know how it's going to perform. And then with this, you know, person we have in the White House, <laughs> you don't know what, what kind of money you got. I said, I better store some acorns, man. <laughs> I, I don't want to be in a position where, like, you know, I'm out here butt naked and like ain't got no nothing to you know to, to fall back on. Right, so, right, right, right. Got to keep working. So right. I was like, all right, there's an opportunity to work with Kevin Hart. Um, I got a, I got a, a writer on named John Hamburg to do a rewrite uh, on the script, and I've been wanting to work with Hamburg for a while. We went to NYU together. Oh, dope. He's you know he's really great. He you know he's comes his comedy is grounded like 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 I like to uh, approach comedy. Um, and like working with him, we were laughing every day and just collaborating. So it was great. And then get to work with, you know, Kevin and Tiffany on this was also great. And they had great chemistry. And Kevin is like, you know, his name is Teddy Walker in the movie. He's a kind of a, not he's a ne'er-do-well, but he's a guy that is kind of skated by academically. You know, he's like dropped out of high school. He's a tre- tremendous salesman. But fate would have it that he has to go back and get his GED. I see. And he thinks, well, I'll just charm the teacher, hustle like I've been doing to get what I want. As usual. And be a salesman. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish is a teacher named Carrie, and Carrie's not, not having it. it. Not at all. She's a brick wall. And, uh, you know, not only that, you know, won't let him get away with stuff, she ultimately di- gets him diagnosed to, to, to discover that he's got a learning disability. That, you know, and I think one, one of the things we want to do, you know, in, obviously with comedy, you want to make people laugh first and foremost. But if you can say something also, that's good as well. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how people learn. Everybody learns differently. And, you know, some people aren't, aren't going to take the traditional te- uh, tr- uh, track to to learn. So, you know, we, we, we touched a little bit on that as well. Right, 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 right. Um, I'm curious, because you've done a lot of comedy. I mean, you've done drama as well, but you've done a lot of comedy. So I wonder if at this point in your career that you have a formula to make this work. Do you have this, from a directorial standpoint, like do you know what would work to make this the funniest? Or do you feel like that there is a way, like a specific manner? That I think works? that, you know, I've certainly learned a number of, Things over the year, e- yeah. years. Every movie's different, right? Yeah. You just, I try to beat up the script as much as possible. Okay. Make the funniest, and 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 you know, put things in place that I think will result in laughs. And then you try to cast funny people in it. Um, I did this. I did that with Barbershop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Barbershop, the, the last cut or the next cut, and you know, Girls Trip as well as. Um, you know, night school. You know, you really want to be able to have people that can help you on set. You know, Chris Rock told me this years ago when I was doing his show, 
everybody hates Chris. And he was like, man, you got to have somebody on set that can help you. And I was like, what do you mean? I, I'm, yeah, I, I, mean? I can get performances out of my actors. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a director. Like, I was a little insulted by it, right? But he was like, no, no, no. So what I mean, you're a great director, but you got to be able to have somebody to help you. Two days later, I'm working on his show. Tashina Arnold, we're running out of time. Tashina Arnold's about to shoot the scene where she's having withdrawal from 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 lack of eating chocolate turtles, right? I love to And so <laughs> yeah, I was like, and, and then AD was like, oh, we're running out of time. You know, we got to get, the, there's a lot we have to shoot. And like, I don't know if we're going to get this. And, and Tashina comes to set and she's all made up. And she's not, she doesn't look like she's strung out, which is how I wanted her to look. And I was like, oh my God, this is totally wrong. AD's like looking at his watch. He's like, you got to do something. And I was like, uh, uh, and then Tashina goes, hold on one second. She walks out of the room. She comes back 30 seconds later. She looks like a crackhead, right? She just pulled her <laughs> shirt up to her breast. She you know, smeared her eye makeup. She frizzled her hair. She's like, okay, I'm ready. I was like, boom, that's what Chris meant, right? So, uh, yeah. so fast forward to night school. There are a number of scenes in that movie that if Kevin Hart doesn't do something that's very Kevin Hart and very funny, the scene's going to die. Be, be trash, wow. Or it'll be like, it'll just hang there. It'll either be cut or it'll just be like a big lull, right? Kevin is always ready to improv something. And and when and if you have, and if you ask him to do something, like there's a scene in there in, in the movie that they've been they've been playing all in the promos where he's um doing this MMA thing with with, with oh, Tiffany, right? And you know the the end of the scene when 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 he finally gets the answer right. She's supposed, to, she's supposed to pick him up and it's supposed to have a, an exchange. But I was like, we're not going to be able to shoot this, this next bit. So, Kevin, while you're on the ground, I need you to give me a button to the scene. He was like, all right, I got you. And then, boom, he, had, he came with something that was, like, hilarious. And wow. he's like, okay, that's what you, that you need people on set that make it funny. So... And a lot of the a lot of your movie gets crafted in the editing room. You know, the, the, yeah. you gather a lot of material, you work it, you press it down, you crunch it, you say, okay, let's let's work this scene. I know this is going to be funny somehow. And then sometimes you, it, it is, and it's fantastic in and of itself. Sometimes the movie can't sustain it, so you have to you have to take it out. So you know, I you, you, I learn and I keep learning, but you know, I'm definitely ready to go beyond uh, cutting to the joke. You know, it's time to do something a little bit more um, dramatic. But you've done you've done that in your career, though. Yeah. You've done films that have a lot of emotional weight to them. Yeah. Like you've had like the Best Man, especially the Best Man sequel. Tears. Thug yeah, Tears, right? Our, yeah. I, I mean, remember. That's where we that's where we reinvented the phrase. Thug Tears was because of that film. Yeah, I mean, look, I I certainly feel like um, I've dabbled in that, right? Uh, I've I've done movies that, and I, I think a lot of my movies have some emotional resonance, right? Uh, Best Man, Best Man Holiday, Barbershop, The Next Cut, um, certainly Girls Trip. Right. But these are primarily comedies, right? right. I mean. Best Man Holiday, not so much. Yeah, yeah. But like, I don't think. I mean, but people are like, well, you know, it it ain't Moonlight. You know what I mean? It ain't. It ain't uh, um, the People versus Larry Flint. It's not uh, Godfather. You know. Right. And I, I wanna, Mm -hmm. I wanna be able to to go that direction, or at least you know flex my muscle in that in that way, or or exercise you know a different muscle. 
And that, you want to get that. your epic on. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. I mean, that's why, like, I'm, I'm thinking about musicals and developing musicals and developing action-adventure Christmas story. And, you know, like, it, it's not, but it's going to still have my kind of, like, tone to it. I see. Okay, but no dinosaurs and no superheroes. I'm not, I'm never say never. I never yeah, say don't never. say never to that. Okay. I'll never say never. Like, you know, like, like. If somebody were to say, hey, you know, yeah. we'd really like you to come in on this, you know. Because we've asked you before if you would consider a comic book movie. And this was maybe a year or two ago. And you were just like, I don't know. You weren't too keen on the idea. I mean, like, I love Marvel movies. I love them. I saw the, the Captain Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel uh, trailer? trailer yesterday. And I was like, ooh, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, just, I'm in. <laughs> she lands a blockbuster. I'm like, oh, word? Okay. Um, so... Yeah, no, like I, I, and 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 the the filmmakers that they're, they're you know they're 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 indie filmmakers, you know, uh, uh, Fleck and Bowden, I believe, uh, are their names, and yep. like like, could I do it? Maybe. It would oh, depend yeah. on it. It depends on 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 which one is like, like I pitched years ago before the the it went to Netflix. I pitched in uh, Marvel a. Power Man and Iron Fist movie. Mm. Wow! And um, you know, it was gonna. I I I, I said, okay, it, this is this is gonna be like Lethal Weapon. You know, it's gonna have you know, it's gonna be kind of an action comedy. That makes sense. You know, like in the but in, in the in the the way that Lethal Weapon was funny, but very, the, the the violence was real, the danger is real. Um, and I thought, you know, but they were, you know, but they had already had plans to make the. Right, right. What, what do you think of the Netflix Luke Cage and Iron Fist series now? Good, great. I mean, I haven't seen them all, and you know, Chao. Um, <laughs> I was supposed to do the the pilot for uh, Luke Cage. Really. I was doing Barbershop, and then um, he had a, 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 an episode slated for me, um, for for Luke Cage for 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 when Power Man and Iron Fist met. I was supposed to do that episode, but yeah. the night school came along, so I was like, "Sorry, man." Oh, you know, been interesting uh, how that would have turned out. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to, to, to have the opportunity, you know, to do it, but you know, um, movies right now are the, are the bread and butter, and I got to do what you know, what, you know, and it also pays the bills. So, right, right. Are, I got are, kids going to college, man. So you got to pay for got that. Got to pay some bills. Are we gonna stay within the film realm, or are we gonna go back to TV at any point? Well, yeah, we are gonna go to TV. I have a te- I have a television um, first look deal at uh, Universal Television, and so uh, we're developing a number of things right now. In fact, I gotta go pitch um, some sh- a show next week, a show of my own next week. We'll see if it goes. I don't know if it will, but. We'll see. Right, right. right. I'm, I'm curious because you seem like um, you're, well, you're a Capricorn, so you're very measured in tone, and you're also you also think before you speak. You think about what you want to do. Shouldn't you everybody do it. think before they speak? It doesn't happen. No, I know. I've seen I it. I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen. But I bring that up because I'm curious how what you think about risk. Like, are you the type that you're trying to avoid it at all costs? And and when I say risk, creative risk, directorial risk, or are you feel like you know if you see the opportunity that you need to jump out the window when it's time. I don't know. Like I, I'm kind of risk averse. Um, and if I if I'm gonna go and do something, like I feel very confident about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, I I like for instance when you know when 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 crafting this pitch for this television show, I was headed in one direction, and they were like, "Well, it's kind of too similar to something else." What if what if we did this and we just shaped it this way? And I was like, "Yeah, but then you got to do this. You got to like 
then that brings a whole other like set of circumstances. And that brings it, and I know people get annoyed with me, but I'm like, so you're looking ten steps over. Oh, down always, the line. always, yeah. always. Yeah. I, I, you know, I can't help it. Like I'm, I'm like, this, 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 you can't just switch gears and expect it to be the same thing. It's gonna be. It's you're going to have to think it through. And I'm a kind of person that also things have to incubate a very long time for me. Like you know, Best Man Holiday incubated for like five years. Yeah. Before I was ready to be like, okay, this is the movie I want to tell now. Okay, so you're not rushing to the door to do anything. Nah, nah. I mean, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't, I don't take the opportunities when they come. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I've, and I've also had to learn to be like, okay, let me do my personal thing right first. You know, like sometimes the family's got to be like, like you're doing this, you know, yeah, for your career, but you're also doing it, you know, so you, so you you can provide. But like at some point, like you know, having two summers, you know, away from the 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 home was like, ugh. Right. Well, so what are you doing to balance the, the the family life and the work life? I told I told anybody who would listen this year, I said, don't even think about approaching me about you know um, shooting or prepping anything this summer. I am not. Until night school comes out, don't ask me for nothing. Put your foot down. Yeah, it's just like, look, I mean, I'm not disrespecting anybody. Like, like, like somebody coming to me, like, Listen, here's, here's, here's a great movie. We really would like to go right away. I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. If you want to go right away, good luck. Like, if you want me, you're gonna have to wait. Gotcha. And 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 if you don't, I, I'm not, I'm not mad. Like, yeah, go right ahead. So you would give? Would you give that same advice to other creatives who are? Who maybe feel like they, they just have a lot of pressure on them? I, you know, it's hard. Each person's different. It's it's like you have to make you got you got to get to that place on your own. You know, like mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people. A lot of people are, are are have been, you know, have had that work, um, you know, work play balance or their work family balance. Right. You know, and they've they've worked it out. It's been difficult for me, and you know, to to figure out. You know, and fortunately, I've got like a great understanding um, support system with my wife and my kids. But you know, at times I'm like, you know, these kids, these boys need me to, around more. Like I'm seeing, I'm like, what is what is this behavior? Nah, man, <laughs> I got I got daddy. Your daddy needs to be around for y'all. For y'all, that's interesting though. Um, I do like that you're still you're trying to be a family. And some people get caught up in the work. It's easy to get caught up in the work. Yeah, you know, it's it's alluring. It's uh, it's seductive. Um. And oh my God, you're, you're you're so great. What if you did this? You know, I'm like, well, oh boy, I mean, we pay you this much money, and you get to go, we'll get the shooter in Thailand, and that, I'm like, oh boy, like that sounds great, and like you know, we're gonna have you're gonna have you know such and such uh, to star in a movie, and it's like, but you got to do for the right reasons, and I've done things for like you know, because I think it's gonna you know advance my career or whatever, but you got to do things that are just you know passionate. You gotta feel like good about it. Like feel like you you can really bring something to the table. Otherwise, it's gonna just be mediocre. What's the best and the worst now, thing, Malcolm? Yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Well, yeah. What about that though? You just said that you had yeah. to do the things that you're passionate about. But like, what about the upcoming filmmaker or writer or someone who isn't in the position that you're in? Yeah. I, well, here's the deal. Like, you know, I think that it it kind of depends. Like, I like like I. You, the the minute you start doing things for money, it's not, and especially in this industry, you're not gonna be satisfied. You're not gonna be happy. What if you just you need to eat? You want to, I guess you can do it if you want, but it, you know, if this is this is that it, it is an art form for better or for worse, you know, and and, and it, one way or another, like it's it's an art form, 
and you have to put a lot of yourself into it. Um, you can you can kind of paint by the numbers, but then it's like, who's gonna care? Mm. Who's gonna care? You know, um, I think for the person coming up, I'm not I'm not saying like if you get if you get offered something, yeah, do it. <laughs> like if you feel it, you you can and you can bring something to the table. Absolutely, go ahead and do it. If you're like, oh, if it's a means to an end, sometimes that you do that. Like there are worse ways to make money, right? Yeah. If you are, but if you want to keep going from project to project and like just doing things for work, there's 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 an honesty to that too. But I don't know. Like for me, it's a year. Of, if you're gonna take on a movie, television is different, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna take on a movie. That's a year of your life at least, and you gotta be want we gotta be wanting to ride for that. What one of the things I wanted to ask you was what's the best thing, the worst thing about being a director? In your opinion, the best thing is I'm in charge. Typical <laughs> <laughs> uh, Capricorn trait. Yeah. Um. Um. <laughs> the worst is that I'm in charge. You know, there <laughs> there are people who want. Yeah. They're like, well, well what about this? And what about that? And what about that? How about this? And it's like, you have you have a lot of decisions you got to make, and you know they might need to and incubate for me for a while before you know right. I, I say yes or you know costume designer will bring me something I'm like what are the, who, what 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 is that <laughs> you know and they're like no this is this is what's hot right now and I'm like I don't read no fashion magazines okay maybe it is and whenever anything breaks everyone looks to you no they don't no Mm-mm. no but you get you definitely get all you definitely get the, like no <laughs> you definitely get the the you know you, you you could get the praise and you can get the blame like if a movie stinks Malcolm did it. It was his fault. Yeah. I mean, we've we've been down that road already. Scary movie. Yeah, please. God. That was just a... <laughs> oh, God. That, that, was, uh, that was a dark period. No, honestly, that's what you call, you know, um, mortgage money. That is what you call mortgage money and tuition <laughs> yes. money. Okay? That's just like, yo, I got... I, 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 I Take a job, right? I was miserable. I get it. It was I a bad it. circumstance, right? Like, that's not... That's not why I got, got into the business. You get in the business just to make money? Okay. Go right ahead. But you should really do filmmaking and television if you love it. And it's like your passion and you got something to say or you have something to contribute. Word, word. All right. Well, my school opens September 28th. September 28th. All right. And we're going to see some big numbers on that. Before you go. We hope. Before you go, you should be aware of this. We have our BRAP segment, and you've answered these questions before, so we've modified it a little bit for you. This is the quick fire okay. question and answer segment. So I'm going to give you a few of them, some new ones. Wait, wait, wait. What am I? What, you're going to say something? I want, want me to just say whatever comes to mind? Or I'm going to ask you to choose between two things. Okay. Favorite superhero movie of all time? Boy. I, you know... People probably want me to say Black Panther, but it, it wouldn't be. It, pro- it might yours. It, it might be. It might be the first Avengers or Captain America's Civil War. Okay. Mm, mm. Okay. But Infinity mm-hmm. War was pretty dope too. I I actually rewatched Infinity War and I was like, wow, this like it was at first it was overwhelming. I was like, my, this is way there's way too many characters. It's like. But then, like you know, like you have a thousand people in your movies. What are you talking about? No, no, come on, it's not even, it's not even close. It's not even close. I mean, you know, and, and like so, but but like, and I was talking to one of my uh, writer friends, and he was like, "Yo, that movie was dope because like Thanos is the is the main character. Yes, yes. he's yes. the main character. Yes. 
and it's like, and he wins, and he wins. So yeah, like that then, was pretty amazing. Infinity War was pretty dope. Yeah, I think that's I I, I know I feel you because you you know we're expected to say Black Panther, and I love Black Panther for what it represented. Yeah, me too. But but Infinity War is something else. That's yeah, and I will also say. What was the Batman with 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 uh, with Heath Ledger? The oh, first yeah, one. Of course. No, the second one. The, the, the Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. Dark Knight. Dark Knight Returns or Dark Knight? Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. That was yeah. the first, yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. I like it. What's your favorite book? <sighs> I wish I could say I read more, but it might be. It might be um, Native Son. Oh, okay. It might be. I haven't read it in a long time, but but that it, might be. It, it was impactful. Um, and Richard Wright is just was just a, an amazing writer. I ju- I just I just went back. I mean, I went back. I just came from um, Paris, and you know, a lot of black authors were, were over there. I could see why it was something. Something about that place was pretty amazing. Anyway, yeah, he spent time there. Go on. Just a couple more. Who was, Who was your first geek crush? That is my first geek crush. You mean like on a somebody like that on the on the on television? Like on television, movies, movies, yeah, comics, yeah, books, animation, comics. anything. Yeah. I don't know if I had a geek crush. Um, but no, no Lisa Bonet. No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, probably Whitney Houston. Okay, I mean, okay. I was in love with Whitney Houston. Yeah, you see, you see the the, the documentary, the the one yeah. I came up. You you see it? Did you see it then? Yeah, it, yeah. I, no, I, no, not the documentary yet. Because oh, the documentary that, is amazing. I know it's gonna. You're talking about the BT. I know he's talking about the BT. No, no, not, not that, that one. No, no, not, <laughs> not that one. No, no. <laughs> the Whitney joint. I know the real. No, yeah, the one that was in that was theatrically released. You know, it, yeah. it was. Oh, that one. Oh, this, it, it was. It was so heartbreaking. It was yep. amazing. Okay, that's... I saw the Amy Winehouse joint. And that, that that made me cry. Me. Yeah. So watch, I, go, I, go. I, knew, I, knew, I knew I wasn't ready for a Whitney joint. Got, like, watch Whitney. What else? Um, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Fly. Okay. Comic books or hip-hop, one gotta go. What? The entirety of either <laughs> comic books or hip-hop is gone. You have to choose. You have Thanos snapped it away. Which one do you choose? That's so hard. Welcome to Feral Nerd <laughs> Show. Like, <laughs> probably, probably, um, <clears throat> probably comics. Probably, yeah. That's a yeah. tough one because you could probably you could manifest comics um, out of creativity, and, and it, it could come. It could come back. It could come. It could come out. It could come back. But that's really hard. It's <laughs> a tough one. Well, what? you have survived what? your modified BRAP segment. And I know Benami has mad questions, but they're rushing him out of here. We got to go. But thank yep. you so much, Malcolm, for coming through. My pleasure. Let the internet know where they can find you. <laughs> oh, uh, blackmail.com. And <laughs> that's, my, that's, my, that's my website. That's my name of my, my production company, Blackmailed. Blackmailed. Oh, black okay. Mailed. Okay. Okay. I was just like, wait, what? B-L-A-C-K. Like he bought back Black Panther or something. B L A C K M A L E D dot com. Blackmail dot com. And on like your at Malcolm D. Lee. Uh, uh, at Malcolm D. Lee uh, uh, on Instagram and at Mac- Malcolm D. Lee on uh, Twitter. And uh, Blackmail Facebook page. 
All right, dope. So thank you so much again for coming through. As always, we love you. I'm thank gonna... you. Love you guys too. All right, and with that, we're going to take a quick break and be back with more For All Nurture. Hey, this is Boots Riley. Whenever I'm running through the city, driving through the city, running from the police, turning them corners, trying to figure out how to make my escape, I quickly turn the radio station to the one that plays podcasts so that I could check out the Fan Bros Show. Keep it locked. Thank you once again to Malcolm D. Lee for joining us on the spaceship. Once again, the Circle of Trust is popping for you. I see you out there, brother. Night school in theater soon. Kevin Hart, Tiffany. I always mispronounce her last name. Is it Hadish? Hadish. 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 Yeah, I, I figured. Yeah. Hadish. Yeah. yeah. Shout, shout out to the Eritrean sister out there. You know, yep. shining in Hollywood. I love it. Love it right now. And yeah, Night School in theater, September twenty eighth. Make sure y'all check that out. Listen to the interview. I mean, you already listened to the interview because, you know, you're right here. And it's now time for one of my favorite segments on this show. It is called The Geekwently Asked Questions. The guac is extra. Where we answer any and every listener question, make sure you hit us up. Contact at forallnerds.com. Oh, wait, man, I guess I can say that right now, right? Yes. Yes, I can. Contact at forallnerds.com. New if, email alert. New, I mean, <laughs> new email and other things. That means if you go to fanbros.com, you will be redirected, as of now, to our new buttery site, forallnerds.com. I hope I don't have to edit this out later on. We will see. <laughs> But yes, the new we site. To, we might have to do some talking. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens, folks. Hashtag might, soon. If, if you heard this, then boom, it did. Forallnerds.com, the new butters, all the articles, all the great joints you love from before. But it's there looking beautiful. New updated site. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure you check that out. But like I said before, this is the guac segment, the geek when they ask questions. So what do we have up first tonight? All right. First up, we got from our man Scriberisms, who is also a Patreon supporter. What's going on, brother? Salute. And part of uh, his level is that he gets to ask a guac question and is guaranteed that we answer it. So he hasn't answered. He hasn't asked anything trash and put us in a position. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I'm not even trash. I, I I want something wild. If you know, if you put down your dollars, you know, go in. You know, you got right. a guaranteed question. Go in. Right. But right, I like right. I like this question because I'm oh my god. Yeah. So with the critical success of Spider-Man on the PS4, do you think we might see a Marvel video gaming universe? If so, what characters would you like to see get their own titles? Personally, I think a Doctor Doom title would be amazing. What are your thoughts? PS, y'all come in the Magfest again. Um well, first off, I would say uh, I don't know what Magfest is. Wow. Oh, Madfest is lit, dog. Madfest, I think, is in Baltimore or okay. in the DMV area, and it's a con that's focused more on like gaming and performances and stuff like that. It goes twenty four hours for the whole is it time. Like PAX? It's on, huh? Is it like PAX? Yeah, yep. It goes twenty four hours the whole time. It's on, so they got a lot of performances, a lot of gaming, all that stuff, and it's okay. lit. I haven't been there yet, but the rest of the team has made it down there, 
And so, yeah, I, I do believe we will be there this year. Yes. Right. Okay, cool. So as far as what, uh, what you were saying about the Marvel video gaming universe, that was in regards to uh, Brian Intihar. He's the creative director of Insomniac Games, the development studio that made Spider-Man PS4. And, he's, and uh, there was tweets between him and uh, Bill Roseman, who's the Marvel Games executive director. Mm. And he said, uh, Bill Roseman said, one of my favorite parts of this video, it was during an interview that he did with GameSpot. <laughs> that shit brings tears to my eyes. <laughs> Brian in, at Brian Inahar talks about how Marvel Spider-Man is intended as the Iron Man of Marvel video games, which is exactly how we view it. Oh. As with that first MCU hit, Hashtag Spider-Man PS4 kicks off a new era for Marvel console games. If Marvel can offer several interconnected titles, such as Black Panther, Iron Man, Tyler, all result to some type of adventure crossover game, they will take over the gaming industry. This was uh, via hot new hip-hop. I think it's important that Marvel Games, uh, ED, and the creative director of Insomniac are on the same page in that. Yes. Because, you know, with every Marvel game, this isn't like the movie rights. Everybody's always on the table. On the they can table. bring they can bring anybody in that they want. But if it's going to be this Marvel gaming universe, then it should be one development studio yes. that does it. So if it's gonna be Insomniac Games, um, I'm with it. Who who would you want to get a solo title? Oh my god, dog. I, I don't I don't know because all right, first of all. Thank y'all to everyone out there who has not spoiled Spider-Man for me. I'm mm. about uh, I'm in at three. I'm definitely in at three right now. And to me, it's my game of the year. Like, it's between that and God of War. And I think Spider-Man just hits it more for me as the comic book head, you know, as the Spider-Man head who's like, I remember when I saw the cover of Amazing Spider-Man 298 and Todd McFarlane's first issue, and I was like, what the hell is that? Because before that, I thought Spider-Man was cool. But it was when Todd hit that joint that I was just like, oh, my God, this is the greatest shit I've ever seen. And I became an Insta fan after that through all those issues. I mean, all the way to Ultimate Spider-Man, everything. And this joint just captures, like, you know, everyone's saying the essence of Spider-Man. But who would I want to see next is the question. And what's so ill to me about it is that you could throw anyone into it already because they have Manhattan. You see Avengers Tower. So they could easily just, like, introduce Iron Man right into the city. Boom. You know, throw in the opening from space and have the Chitauri attack and have Avengers, you know, do whatever you want. So I don't know. Of course, I'm going to say Black Panther. Could Black Panther, <laughs> with this style of gaming, set in Wakanda and then going like to New York? Bruh. Yeah, especially if they take a variant of what went on in the movie. Because one of the things, and I said it before on the podcast, one of the things that makes this game so ill is that they are deriving it as a variant of the comic books. And I'm going to talk about later in Comics Like Cop about why that's important. Mm-hmm. But there's certain tweaks that they've made to the game that they deviate from the actual story. I don't want to go into it because I don't want to, because if me saying stuff might spoil it. But when you when you play the game, you'll see certain characters act different ways or in different parts of their lives or doing something different than what you expect. Mm -hmm. And that adds to the whole mythology and atmosphere that you play in, even to the point of where Spider-Man, where Peter Parker and his friends and family are in their part of their lives. It's Mm -hmm. ill. It's ill. So for me, 
if um if I'm thinking of a who would I want to get their title, Doug, I say let's bring back Children of the Atom. Let's let's go full X Men and, and and have it where it's like a team game, like like where where you can play different X Men. Like let's say it's like X Men Blue or X Men Gold, and you can play different characters at different points where where you have to go in, and then at some point, almost like a RPG, you can get them as non playable characters because Arkham Knight does that too. Mm-hmm. Where you could be fighting with Batman and Nightwing, and then you switch between both of them as you fighting, yep. and you do the tag team moves, like stuff like that. I think would be ill, and even if you could have a second player component to um, to play a totally different experience, that might be somewhere down the line. Um, if if you're if you're if you're relegating me to one character, oof, um, hmm. I'm going Iron Man. I'm sorry. Still, I think Black Panther would be dope, but I think Iron Man. Iron I also Man? like also like that Doctor Doom idea, but I know that's like that's tough. Right. I'd rather do Iron Man. I might. You know what? I would think I, I'd say Thor. Thor too. Maybe Thor, Thor. Yeah, because Thor. then it could be like some Shadow of Mordor shit. Yep. <laughs> but in but in all the all of the realms. All the realms from Midgard oh. to Asgard. Right. I, it, all of to that. me, any well, not any like, but most of the original Avengers, especially given their history in the MCU right now, I think those are like the perfect characters. Also, you know, anyone who's appeared in the MCU. Right now, I'd really like to see. So Black Panther, The Avengers, Ant-Man in New York, and Growing Small. and Oh, God. Yo, the sky's the limit, dog. Like, if you haven't played Spider-Man yet, I promise you, it's definitely on my game of the year. It's just so sick. I'm just in love with it. Just a beautiful piece of work. Word. Gr- great question. What do we have up next? Yeah, thank you, Scriberisms, also. And if you want to be able to have your questions answered every month, sign up Patreon, patreon.com slash 4 it's there's tears there's tears to this so yep. definitely definitely do that all right the next one is from Linnell Forstall he asks around the room when or what was the moment you became aware of your race slash ethnicity yes oh that is a big one. Oh man Ooh, all right, honest story time right here. The first time, and actually one, uh, one of the people involved in this actually listens to the show, one of my best friends from growing up. Uh, me and him were at a, I'm not even sure if he knows about this, but me and him, he were at a laser tag joint. You know, back in the day, they used to have the joints where you could go and play mm-hmm. like a laser tag game at. And so we're at the joint, and all, it's like a group of us, you know, like 10 kids, whatever. And all of them already, you know, going into the staging area. And I'm still in, like, the locker room getting my suit on. And I'm having trouble, like, clicking it on. So this one dude's helping me click it on, one of the guys working there. And another guy walks in, right? And I'm not sure which of them says it, like, between the two of them, which how this conversation went. But the conversation went like this. Oh, man, I see you got a new friend here. Yeah, man, I just wish these niggers wouldn't come in here. Wow. And so I I think it just went completely over my head, right? I was young. I was like 10, 11, maybe at most. I'm not even sure. And so I probably younger than that, really, when I think about it. And so I, like, go, you know, keep playing laser tag, have a good time, go home, whatever. A few days later, I'm just sitting in my bed one night, and I'm just bawling. And my mom comes in the room, and she's like, why are you crying? And I'm like, this motherfucker called me a nigger. You know, it just finally hit me, like, what he was saying and what he meant by that. You know, and just the audacity to be able to say it just dead in front of my face like that and just have no regard, you know, like we were talking about before. So 
I have to say, I think that was the first moment that I really realized, you know, that we and we talk about this a lot on the show because I don't really like to say, you know, that I'm black or anything. I feel like these terms are terms that are given by white supremacy to keep people separated. But at the same time, I know in America what I'm viewed as. And that was the moment when I realized what I was viewed as in America and what it meant to certain people. Mm. So, so that was that was probably mine. Well, I could give a I could give one on race and one on ethnicity. Mm. So in ethnicity, I would say <laughs> that was in school because I was growing up in a time where being Haitian wasn't cool, and, mm. and same way like Africans were getting clowned and everybody yep. was getting clowned. Haitians were getting clowned out the box. You know, thank the thank God for the Fujis at one point because right? <laughs> we we at least had some resistance, right? And now it's like. You really can't. You really can't mess with us. But back then, it was all the Haitian jokes. Any type of Haitian jokes. Body got called a Jean Baptiste and, and all of that. So it's like that's how I knew. I'm like, yo. If, and and at times I felt like, yo, you know, because I I'm I have half of my family that's from Haiti and half of my family that's from here. So I I would be leaning hard on the American side to try to avoid the slander. And you know, as a kid, because just I didn't want to get joked on. But you know, I kind of wish that didn't deter me from embracing more of the culture. And, you know, as a kid, it was hard to get teased about that stuff. And that's how I knew. And and speaking to my family and having it reinforced the pride and the dignity and the prestige there is in being Haitian, that's when I knew I, I had something bigger to represent. As far as race, <laughs> I, will, I remember this. We were, I was young. And I think it was after church or something. And my mom was taking us to go eat. And we were going to Friendly's. That's that my, that's like a TBT right there. I don't even know if Friendly's is still around. I think there's a few, but I don't know. Oh, if it's very around. rare. Very rare, right? So we were going to Friendly's. And we were going, uh, I believe it was a Friendly's in Elmont in Long Island. Um, for those of you who are familiar with the New York area. And we walk in. Yo, we were the only black people in that spot. And and it's crazy because it's like we walk in and I swear time stopped. Like literally, we walk into the door. We weren't making noise. We just walk in and I felt like half the spot just <laughs> turned and looked at us. Literally was like. And I'm looking around, and it's nothing but white faces. Nothing but. I I thought this shit was about to go down like 60s, 50s. I thought the hoses were going to come out. I thought we were going to hear that we don't serve your kind here type stuff. That was the vibe that I was getting. And I remember talking to my mom, and I was like, Mom, can we go somewhere else to eat? Like, I don't feel comfortable. And she was like, nah, we eating here. I don't care. We pay our money, and we're eating here. And I was like, oh, I heard you. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I guess the revolution about to be televised. But, you know, we ended up eating there, whatever. But that was probably one of the first times where I realized I was black and what black uncomfort felt like. And this mm. is before random checks by the police and shit like that. Oh, oh. Like, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like that, we could make a whole nother podcast about that. But that was probably the first time that I was aware of my race. Oh man, uh, you know I can make a whole podcast of that easily. One of my <laughs> one of my favorite ones, just one last one, was when I was a teenager and hanging out with these same group of friends that I've been hanging out with since I was a little kid, 
And we're walking from one friend's house to another one. And I happen to be the only black dude amongst the crew of like four or five, you know, kids, maybe like six or seven, eight of us. I can't remember. And we're all walking. It's nighttime. A cop pulls up on us, flashing his little spotlight on us from the whip, you know, opens his door, leans out of it. And is like, hey, is this guy bothering y'all? Mm. And I'm like, bro, it's like eight of them. Like, shouldn't you be worried about me? And these are like my best friends who I've grown up with, you know, but that's how it is. So, uh, Jeff, I think you have a question tonight, though, because, mm, mm, yeah, it's been a week, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, what's in a blue check? Mm, is that the question? <laughs> what defines conspiracy theories? Mm. What makes your blackness more palatable to the elite? Mm. No, but um, no, but it, yeah, it, it it has been, it has been a weekend. It was a weekend, I will say. Um, for those of you who haven't been keeping up with uh, black Twitter news, um, there was a dead gentleman. I believe his name is DJ Chubb Swag. DJ Chubby Swag. Chubby Chubbs. Swag. Right. It's you. Right. 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 So, long story short. He came to find out, I don't know how, but he came to the revelation that um, a white woman was curating hip-hop at the colloquially known as Blacksonian, the, the National Museum of African American History and Culture. And he uh, proceeded to inquire on Twitter, who let this happen? Why is a white woman curating hip-hop? What happened next was probably... And I'm not trying to use hyperbole, but me thinking really, like really thinking back, probably one of the worst days in the history of quote unquote black Twitter, where he got attacked by a lot of people who either felt the need to speak out when nobody asked them or had personal relationships with the person who, who was in question, um, and really attacked him as if his his point wasn't valid, and it was it was crazy. It was a it was a lot, and every type of war that you could think of between like the popular versus the not popular, the people the un, the verified hashtag the verifieds versus the unverified, the uh, the 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 bourgeoisie versus the everyman. Like it, it seemed to all come to a head at the same point. Uh, to the point where eventually, you know, people backlashed at, at those groups for, for condemning him for asking what they felt like was a valid question. And they all started apologizing. And it was just, it was just a lot. And we've talked about it offline. And so many people have had commentary. And, and, you know, as we always say, if something is going on and we don't, we, we're not going to act like it's not happening um, that's why we put it in guac just to give our like overall thoughts. I don't think we need to go into a great debate. Whatever's happened has happened. Uh, Ben, I, I think for me, there's a, there's a line that I've, I've used. It's a variation. And I think it, it's, it's a couple of things for me. One, I would say think twice, tweet once mm -hmm. because nowadays some, some people have to come to the realization that this is not 2009 anymore. This is not 2009 Twitter. This is not 2010 Twitter. Corporate money is in Twitter. 
social media is a business. So what you say can and will be used against you. People will judge you. This isn't like the old days where you get fried for a day and then everybody would go back to normal. Like this is as much of your brand reputation as possible. So if you're really trying to inject yourself in something, think twice before you tweet. The second thing I would say is know your range. Mm. If you're not really about hip hop like that, if you're not in these spaces, if you don't really have an informed opinion, you don't really got to speak on everything. You don't got to speak on everything, especially when it's people involved that you know and their their livelihoods, their lives aren't really on the line. When you inject yourself in these type of conversations, it's either you got to be 100% on point or just learn how to like <laughs> keep it silent because that's when you get people apologizing and saying they messed up because you're, you're tweeting out of emotion. That's also the first rule of Twitter. Don't react. That's yep. been the first rule of Twitter. Do not react. Because when you react, nothing good happens. Yep. Nothing good. Even when it's good, nothing good happens. So that's really, at a high level, what I would say about the situation. Mm. Me, at a somewhat high level, too, I really just found fault with the situation because... I feel like we become a very toxic environment in general. I feel like because of this president, because of the things that have been said, because of this energy that kind of pervades the nation right now, we just, and Twitter, especially black Twitter, has always been about snarkiness, about the jokes, about bam, 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 oh, something happened, okay, how fast can I make this joke about it? How mm -hmm. fast can I throw my opinion in on it? And I've gotten kind of tired of it because I feel like there's a lot of us in this space who when we start seeing someone else popping that's in our same space, we get jealous or we feel like that person did something to get there to where they don't deserve it. And this might be the case. But like I always say, one thing I always you know, try and do in my own life is to ignore what everyone else is doing. Like even back when I was saying we're the only geek podcast of you know where you can find geek culture from the perspective of people of color. I did it, one, because it was a joke from an Invincible comic book that they, where they said they're only superhero comic, and also because that's just my mentality, where I just don't think about what everyone else is doing. I have a lot of respect for what I see other people doing, and when people are really doing something dope, I want to get better at what I'm doing so I can reach that level. But I just really don't think about what other people are doing, and I don't really try and just... I feel like a lot of people are, were waiting to hate on people, you know, or just because they had a personal beef with them that they couldn't express when things like this happened, they started attacking. I understand a lot of people said a lot of stupid things, though, this weekend, and that happens. So that was my just bigger take on it. It's like you said, it's not something I really want to dwell on. Everything's been said. You know, uh, it's just one of them things, man. I, you know, I hope this. I mean, I really don't hope. There's no way hoping for this. <laughs> just, you know, I just hope that, you know, people really start, realizing that there's enough for everyone out here. That's one thing I want to say is that there's enough for everyone. We live in a world of abundance. You know, you mm -hmm. create your own world. What you eat don't make another person shit, you know, and what they eat don't make you shit. So it's like, right. don't worry about what other people are doing. Worry about what you're doing. Continue to be the best at what you're doing and everything else will fall into place. That's something that I've had to focus on myself. And this weekend made me realize that even more. So thank y'all for that. What do you think about uh, some, there are some users who were saying that the, the verified check should be abolished or there should be a system I, I, where, I, wait, hold oh, on. Yeah. I'm just going to give you the whole thing. There, there should be a system where um, 
who, depending on who you are for verification, there should be different types of checks. So, like, journalists should get one check. Celebrities <laughs> get one check. Uh, public figures get another check or whatever the case may be. I'll give you my take. I'll give you my take first, and then um, I'll let you. Well, no, I mean, you give me your take, and then I'll give you mine. I think that's the most laughable thing I've heard in a long time. Mm-hmm. I think that, once again, we let white supremacy just create ways to patriarchal white supremacy at that. Let me make it straight. To create ways to divide us. Like, you are really giving this blue check weight and Twitter way too much thought if you need all of that. All the blue check means is the person is who they say there is. It's not a fake account. That's all it means. So if you're not a fake account without a blue check on your name, that means you're verified. Yeah. And, and here, here's what I here's what I'll say about it. Here, here's a here's something that I will say about that whole situation. One, I think the users have to take fault for bestowing prestige on the blue check <laughs> and claiming that they don't know what it's about. And I saw somebody say Twitter isn't clear. If you go and you do a cursory <laughs> search of what the verification badge means, this is what it means. And Ben said it. I'll reinforce. It means I am who I say I am when I'm tweeting. It does not say what I'm saying is the authority on what I'm tweeting, which means I could be me tweeting bullshit, but it's me, though. It's yeah. definitely me. Man, and I think what's on. happened, what I think what's happened is that Celebrity culture has helped to conflate verification with a status symbol. So when people are verified, you know, the non-celebrity, non-celebrity, non-public figure users, because I don't want to call anybody normal or regular because I feel like that's derogatory because we're all regular people. We're all people. So if you're either a celebrity or you're not, right? Non-celebrity, non-public figure you look at those people and you're like, all right, they have a certain status. So what is it that they have that I don't? They might have more money than me. They have my, my, more items. So you see that check and you're like, okay, well, they have that check. So that must mean that what they're, that they're somebody important. So if they're somebody important, then that check means their word has a higher level of prestige and a higher level of clout let me use let me use that buzzword of 2018 a higher level of clout than somebody else and no 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 it isn't it isn't and and yes call me what you want because i'm biased because yes i do have a blue check i will say at times that shit feels like a scarlet letter because oh my I can't God. tweet the uh, way that, I want to tweet anymore that, because that. I say one thing and people go to the verified list and it's like, oh, this dude. Yo, you don't know how many times I made a Hotep joke with one of my mans. Not even killing Hoteps. I made a Hotep joke. And Hotep Twitter, I was the verified blah, 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 blah. And then when I got to start saying, yo, this check don't make me. I see your location. You where I'm at, what up? Then it's like, oh. This do different. Yeah, because the, the check doesn't make me. Maybe it makes other people. It don't make me. And that's something that people, I think, what you were saying before about the jealousy about I'm here and you're there. If you can't discern the difference and you really think that that gives people that type of clout, so much so that you would want to kill blue checks, 
and and install a blue check hierarchy or a check system. Oh my god! Um, like, yo, what is wrong with you? Yeah, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just feel like we're giving this way too much thought than is necessary. I, I especially I feel for like listeners of this show. I feel like they should know that by now. But if you don't, celebrity means nothing. You know, being someone who you see on TV does not make you intelligent. Being someone with a blue check does not make you wise. These things mean nothing. And they Ben is a celebrity, so he's telling you. And they are irrelevant. <laughs> it is Celebrity all, Benjamin, bro. I say all kind of idiotic stuff all the time. You know, but my main thing to take away from this is stop with this hating. Stop. Like, I understand being snarky, having jokes. Everyone wants to be a comedian. Everyone's got that, you know, boom, they get off. But we got to chill. Like, that stuff is tired. We have much bigger issues than to sit around worrying about a hierarchy of blue checks. Oh, my God. Lord, so you don't want no more jokes on Twitter? I, I mean, it's not about jokes on Twitter, but it's about, like, when you're making jokes about people, that's something that bothers me, really. You know, it, it's understandable. Okay, it's like, you know, F our president. I'll make a joke about him all day. That dude's a scumbag. You know what I mean? But there's, like, these are people who are living lives, you mm. know, who have children, who have families, who have mothers and fathers, who have sisters and brothers. And it's like we just sit there and attack people. And that bugs me out, yo. That is so crazy. And that mob mentality of Twitter, when you see one of your people who's popular jumping on somebody and you sit there and hit the like button. Like, what is that about, yo? We really have to examine what this technology does to our lives, what it does to communication, what it does to us as people. You know, we're, like, we're being put into an experiment with technology like this, and we just accept it and use it, and it's really doing something to the way that we're approaching each other. And that is bugging me out more and more these days. I think it, I, I think it actually amplifies stuff that's already been there. I mean, we've been in high school. We've been in high school lunchrooms. We've been in places where people are like that. It's but just giving, it's just putting a, it's just putting a, it's just magnified because the technology makes it easier to be there's, that type of there's, person. There's, that's what I'm saying though. There's nothing that you can compare that to in previous history. There was no time in previous history where you could walk out on the street, say a thought, and millions of people could potentially hear you, and millions of people could potentially respond to you. Right. That's why I said it's amplified. It's amplified yeah, on another that, level. That, that, that's simplifying know. it too much of what I'm saying. Just saying that it's amplified is one. No, thing. it's not simplified. It's it's not simplified. I'm saying. Though if you I, I'm saying what you're saying, yeah, basically, yeah, like I'm not I'm not simplifying. I'm just saying back in the day I could go in my fucking carriage or my people wouldn't be on carriages. But, you know, the white people would be on carriages and, and hark in the country square and a few hundred people would hear them. Now, millions of people, it's projected because the, the technology amplifies it to an nth level and yeah. we are at the peak of communication. But, you know. I, I, I'm someone who grew up in the technology technology era, and God bless the kids that are growing up in this because, woo, if you, if I grew up with social media like this, the way y'all cutting ass, you got to come, you better come to school with a whole list of jokes and, and like be tooled up because shit is tight out there, man. But see, that that's what I'm saying. I grew up in, like, all of us grew up in a technology area, era, but what people like don't this? but yeah that's what i'm saying what people don't realize is the advancement of technology is so different these days and it's like boom here's a new one here's social media you know here's this here's that but you know we'll get to other stuff that's really you know we talk about tech and all this we don't have our tech queen here tonight so we'll save this for another tech talk time with tatiana you know but uh, as yeah. al as always you know if you have a question for us make sure you send it in to contact 
at four. Oh, wait, no, we did have a little bit yeah, more. We're yeah, real yeah, quick. One, last, one real quick. This is yeah. actually really huge. Yeah, yeah. So last week we were talking about uh, in our guac, we got... We definitely got extra guac because we got a, we got a question on adoption and we were going back and forth because, as we said, we weren't experts and we gave our opinion. So shout out to, to Kristen, who sent us a lengthy <laughs> response on the rules of engagement of how this uh, the 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 uh, listener from last week should operate. So I just wanted to shout you out. Thank you so much for that. We're going to forward that over to the listener and we're going to post that guac from from last week on our YouTube channel, along with the full email in the description. Um, names redacted, of course, but a uh, oh, whole names, I should say. Uh, but we uh, we're gonna do that so that y'all could see. And if anybody else had those questions, go over to our YouTube page, check it out. It'll probably be up tomorrow. And you know, while you're there, hit the follow button, tell a friend to tell a friend, and uh, join us on the visual community because we have exclusives there too. Yep, yep, yep. And as always, make sure you hit us up, contact at forallnerds.com, or you can hit us on the Twitter, on the Instagram, at forallnerds, all those places. Hit us on Twitch, at forallnerds, it don't matter where. Just hit us with your questions, your comments, your love letters, whatever, as you see we answer and talk about anything, not just geek culture, in the geek with me asked questions. That's kind of, you know, surreal or ironic that we don't just talk about geek culture there. But anyway, you know, in a little other news this week before we get up out of here, the I was about to I was about to butcher his name intentionally, but Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix has been revealed as the Joker. Joe Joker. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Joe yeah, Joe Joker. Um it was it's cool. Yo, man, for for, for reasons that y'all should realize this should be hurried me. <laughs> For reasons that y'all might or might not realize, if you do a little digging, this be really hurting me. Um, I, I just hope, I'll say this, I hope that, I don't know how this movie's going to be, first off. Secondly, it could, be, it could be teaser trailer stuff, like same thing we were talking about with Bumblebee. Uh, thirdly, I don't know what they're doing, what DCWB are doing with the direction that's of not no. These don't worry movies. about that. Just this movie, because otherwise we'll be here, you know, to the end. Of I'm time. just saying. I mean, it's it's a part of it. It's just <laughs> no like, one I mean, knows. I just say I'm not. I'm not going to go into it. I won't go for the sake of time. I won't go into it. What I will say is, I'd like to know which origin this, which Joker for which origin this is, because I saw some talk on online about it possibly being Nolan's Joker. Because if you look, I saw a side by side of his. And Heath, and it does look like Heath was the Joachim after a few rough years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so who knows? But we don't know. And that's the biggest problem. We don't know what's happening with Jared Leto. I'm, I'm hearing some rom-com shit with Harley Quinn. Like, yo, <laughs> I don't know, bro. I don't know. I, I'm all for good movies. I'm all for S-world, uh, or Elseworld tales. But I feel like it has to be communicated clearly and Right is left, up is down. I don't know. I hope I, the movie's good. Yeah, I'm not so much on that. I really don't care what DC does with all their different movies. And I don't really, because like you said, there's no real plan. I have no idea what they're doing. And I'm all more, much more for the Elseworlds idea because Marvel has this, you know, whole complicated shared universe on lock. 
So I think DC's best bet would just be to tell different stories. And I hope this is not an origin story for Heath. Oh, my God. That made me want to throw up on my mouth. Like, I don't need that type of connection. I don't know why people think that all these things. I just want a Joker story where it's a ill story about the Joker with a dope director, a dope writer. And they have that in this movie. So that's what I'm hoping for. I think it's going to be dope. I didn't care about the little image of them. It's, you know, it's cool. But I think the movie is going to be dope. I have high hopes for this joint. What gives you high hopes based on what you've seen prior? uh, The director is dope. Martin Scorsese is a producer. Uh, Joe Keane is just a phenomenal actor. They've talked about how it's going to be influenced by Mean Streets and Martin Scorsese's films from the 1970s, like Taxi Driver, which are some of my favorite films. And they get that grimy New York that you never get to see anymore. And they're talking about like the origin is influenced by Killing Joke and all that. So that the good parts of Killing Joke, you know, the origin story <laughs> of Joker. Okay. Cause the rest All of right. that, you know, it has its issues. Mm. But mm. yeah, um, I that's what gives me high hopes. And the fact that they seem to be making this unrelated to the rest. And that's what I mean. I don't want to see it end with, you know, him getting stars on his mouth and everybody be like, oh, okay, he's Heath Ledger. No, like that's oh my God, please. Whoo, everything don't gotta I, be connected, I, folks. I think they could do it if they had a plan. A man, a plan, a canal. I don't like Panama. that because Heath is dead too. That's I don't you know that bothers me. That's like milking his you know a dead man's work. That's what I don't like. Leave. You think so? Yeah, no, man. I don't. I don't want to see no connection. So you feel so, like you feel like when an actor dies in a role, you should which, sever the ties to the role. No, I I feel like when an actor dies in a role, like especially somebody like Heath Ledger who played the most iconic, well, one of the more iconic versions of the Joker in history. I feel like the Nolan universe should be closed off. Just like how Christopher Nolan didn't really make any references to the Joker in the third film. Mm, you know, be, and, why, and his intention was to use Heath in the third film. That was his original intention. Right. Or the fourth or fifth. Because he, you know, with Heath, he was like, oh, I got something. We can do this. You right. know, and then when he passed away, that's why. So that's what I mean. I just feel like, let that respect. You know, that trilogy is set. Boom. There doesn't need to be connections to that trilogy ever right. to me. It's done. All right. I hear yeah. that. And really quick before we get out of here, time for one of my favorite segments on the show, you know, kind of related to Joker. Comics I Cut! And yeah, speaking of Joker, I feel like I'm at least two or three issues behind on Batman again. And that sucks. That's such a good-ass run um, by Tom King. And I definitely feel like I'm two or three issues behind. Lately, these last couple weeks have been really crazy for me, so I haven't been even reading that much. This week, though, that drops is the new Wicked and Divine special. I think it's the 1353. Um, they did one, they did one that was like a novel that took place in like the 1910s to the 1920s, I want to say. And this one is in the 1300s, right after the Black Plague in Europe. And there was an issue with Wicked and Divine where they've shown a lot of the history of the whole planet as it relates to the Wicked and Divine. Mm -hmm. And so these are like larger tales that have, you've seen little, very little glimpses of it. But right. when you when you see the larger tale around the tiniest glimpse of this one that you saw before, it's so ill. This is one of their, my favorite specials. The one in Rome was really good, too. 
but they also illuminate so much about the main story that they're like essential reading. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely pick this up. If you're reading the issues by issues or if you're reading by trades, these stories won't be collected until the whole run is over and then they're going to put all these in one trade. So if you're reading by trades, you'll have to wait for that. It's worth picking up this week. Definitely dope. Yeah, man, fire issue. And I've been making my way through the Monsters trade, which is, as always, just hats off, amazing work. So you but, said that the all of those offshoot Wicked and Divine stories are going to be in their own trades because they're like separate stories, right? Yeah, because so far, let's see, they had the 23, then they had, uh, there was a Christmas special that actually told like, very short stories of the modern characters, but like I two pages of stuff that, that you might have missed each time. Mm-hmm. So total, it's been out for three years, right? The Wicked and Divine, yeah, yeah, it's been going About on. Three years. Uh, we're we're approaching the final year of it now. There's only like eight issues left of the series. Yeah, I gotta catch up. I gotta catch up. Bruh. At the end. I have to. I yo, I have so much. Like, I need to just lock myself in the room and come out with a long ass beard like I am up to date. <laughs> I know. Um, but that one is one. I just tell everyone like it's not that long either and it is just so good. So I'm I'm behind on a lot of my mainstream comics and I've got a couple I got a couple um from Boom Studios that uh they they sent me and I just haven't got around. I apologize, but I will once I once I go through this binge, I told you I'm gonna be coming out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be speaking. I'm gonna be speaking like Reed Richards in a monologue. Um, <laughs> soon the way I'm gonna be talking. But one thing that I one book that I have been reading, uh, that that's uh set up to another contained event, is Edge of Spider Geddon. So Spider Geddon is going to be the, uh, I hate that name, but whatever. It's going to be the follow-up to Spider-Verse, yep. where all of those original characters, and if you're not familiar with Spider-Verse, the Inheritors um, with Morlin and his family were going around uh, sucking the life and, and killing all the spider the spider men like the main totems of eight of the multiverse and all the spider all the spider men and women had to come together in order to stop them and they did but of course you know what's dead may never die and they're they're back and now we're getting the edge the edge they did an edge of spider verse where they introduced characters so this edge of spider getting is looking into where the characters, some of the main characters are now, aside from the people that you know and that are more popular, like Miles, like um, Gwen, like Peter, like the 616 or the Prime Earth Peter, whichever nomenclature you want to say for this new Marvel Universe. So the first issue was with Spider-Punk, who's a hobby, hobby Brown, who's a black dude, black dude into punk who used punk music to eradicate evil in his world, which is crazy. So yep. his, his story was dope. The second one was Penny Parker with Spider, which was the, like the anime mech joint where yep. she has the mech machine. So that was cool. Um, I forget what... Oh, the third issue is if you read Spider-Verse, you know that there was a baby a baby like uh, Peter Parker's son in one of the universes who was one of the main um, targets for the Inheritors, he actually escaped the fray, and now you see him as like a, a toddler with the uh, Ben Parker of that universe who actually was a Spider-Man too and what they've been doing. Now, the most interesting one, and I think it, it dropped it drops tomorrow, which is Wednesday, this week, 
the main character is Peter Parker from Spider-Man PS4. Oh, shit. The white spider. Wait, the, yes. what do you mean the, the white spider? Oh, the with the white, with, oh, so it's the Peter Parker who's been doing it for eight years already. Right. And what you got to understand is if that world is in the comic, wow. oh, it's, it's fucking lit. It's fucking lit. Because there's slight variations, but just enough. And I've never seen anything like this where they've connected a game wow. to, to mainstream continuity. I've seen characters from games going to main. But the fact that they put him in spider in, yo, that's off the hook. Wow. I can't wait to read it. Wow. I mean, you had me because I, I, I remember hearing the news about the Spider-Punk issue. I saw some art from it and everything, but I didn't know what comic it was in. But yeah. now that you've cleared that up for me, I'm buying all of these tomorrow when I hit the store. I'm hitting up a shop called Quest. Shout out to y'all. I'm definitely in there. I'm picking up all three of those tomorrow. Done deal. Dog, it's wow. Lit, it's beyond lit. And I got to catch up on a lot of stuff anyway. But after reading those first two and seeing the preview for number four. Wow. I was like, what? I was like, White Spider, Peter Parker? Wow. PlayStation, the PlayStation multiverse? Yo. The multiverse where the PlayStation Spider-Man is the real Spider-Man. And for real, y'all, everyone was dissing that costume when they first dropped it. I loved it from the gate. I thought it was a dope variation it was from different. the gate. Yeah. It was different. But the way they explain it in the game is so dope. And then it works. Like, the reason why they explain it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. And that that's become one of my favorite versions. Like, I can't wait to New York Comic Con because I know somebody's going to be rocking that joint. And I got to get a pick with them. Exactly. But yeah, that is dope. Yeah, thank you for that. I'm definitely picking those up. Like we said, make sure you pick up that monstrous trade. The new Wicked and Divine is dropping tomorrow as well. I keep telling y'all, you know, gonna be in my top ten. I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting there just like waiting, like please, please, please stick the landing, like please stick mm. the landing, so mm. I can, you know, because then it's top ten, then it's top five. They stick the landing with any degree, like eight or above on the landing, it's the top five of all mm. time. End of story. And before we get out of here tonight, I, oh, I mean, before we get out of comments, I copped as always. I want to say thank you to everyone who is listening to last week's episode who loved it. Pamela Ribbon is definitely one of our favorite guests. We will have to have our back. And now everyone knows how great my boyfriend is a bear is. <laughs> That's a dope. It's a dope um, book, man. I'm, I'm tight. I missed that interview, but I tell you, that was one of the best I've heard on this show. Mm -hmm. One of the best. Like, she was just, she was a lot, yo. But she was great. She was a lot. But she was great. Like, I didn't, I did not. The title alone, I was like, oh. oh <laughs> Straight up. This is going to be different. As but we yeah. always do. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Carter 5 this Friday. Are you excited? Are you excited? <laughs> if I, 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 you know what? I'm not going to lie. I waited for that album too damn long. I'm listening. I'm, oh, you I'm know, I'm all over it. I'm all over it. Also, one last thing before we get out of here. It's Libra season. Shout out to all the Libras out there. Big shouts to my sister. You know, my for real sister, Juju So Real. Also, shouts to LOYC. See you over there, brother. Happy born day to all y'all. And anything else, Jeff, before we, you know, take this spaceship to another galaxy? Oh, yeah. Well, shout out to both my sisters. They have Libras, Libra season in the building. You know what I'm saying? Don't yeah. put your hands down because they never went. Don't put your hands up because they never went down. You know what I'm saying? Um, do your thing. Uh, 
Shout out to Bill Cosby taking that um, oh. T.I. vacation. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a rough one. Yeah. I mean, well, not really. Not really. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Harvey Weinstein. Hopefully we see you there soon. Right. And see everyone next week at New York City Comic Con. Like we said before, make sure you see us. Vote on our poll. We're going to have a poll on which day to hold the Great Day in Cosplay. Should we do it Saturday, Sunday, 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 or both days, both days, both days? Putting pups not included. Ah. Fan Bros. F-A-N-P-R-O-S-O-O.